Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome, everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome. Yeah, looking forward to our time together, Will. Yes, good to have you again. Uh, So, this past Sunday, Mike, we were back in Acts 15, and this time kind of looking at the latter part of the chapter, verses 36-41. And these are six verses that really pack a punch, Mike. Um, We learn there of a sharp disagreement between two central figures in the early church, Paul and Barnabas. Now, the reason why this is really intriguing is the fact that up to this point, they've done ministry together. There's a lot of water under the bridge in terms of life together. Um, Barnabas was actually the one who really advocated for Paul when in his first when he got converted, where a lot of people, other people uh, were quite skeptical. So they've got this history together, and yet in these few verses, you know, we see them having a disagreement that really propels them in different directions. So what I'm looking forward to in this episode is really just getting into some of that conflict resolution and how we approach conflicts in our life. But I want to start here by just asking, you know, well, recognizing that not all conflict is necessary conflict in our lives. And there's sometimes things that we can do to avoid conflict. Um, so, uh, have you got any advice on that? What are some of those things? How, you know, posture of heart and mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that comes to mind, the, the phrase, choose your battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an easy thing to say. It's a little harder thing to live, but there's truth to it. Um, yes. And there, there's two sides to that. One side is that there is there is value. There is a time to be able to go there um, in that choice. And we, we look at Jesus, and the reality is he chose sometimes to go there. We look and say, okay, well, what happens with, with the, the temple and the overturning of the tables? So the, the Pharisees, there were times when it was like, yeah, that was, that was the right thing to do. Um, but there are other times when that's not the right thing to do, and we have to decide, is this worth it? Is, is this that, that important of an issue? You know, an example that comes to mind for me is, so when the kids um, were young, one of the things that would happen would be lights would be left on all <laughs> over the house. Right. Do you ever have that, Will? Never had that happen. Okay, right? never had that. Well, it was a bit of a pet peeve for, for me. Right. But I also remember thinking, I don't want to be the guy who, who turns into be the lights off police. Um, uh, so the decision is, is that one worth it? Um, mm. It's going to, again, be a, a negative, nagging type of thing that is going to happen all the time. And so ended up on that one. I had to let that one go. Like right. there are some battles as a parent that I'm going to enter into. That one ended up not not being significant enough. If you do get to the point, I think that if you say this is a battle that I'm going to let go of, that I'm not going to choose, um, you got to keep letting go of it as well, yes. uh, and not just pick it back up. Because what can happen then is you say I'm I'm going to let that one go, but then a couple of days later you pick it right back up, 
and it gets harder to work through the conflict further down the road because you've you've accumulated bitterness and you've accumulated some uh, some resentment along the way. So choose the bat. Choose is this battle worth it? If it is, you go there. If you don't, if it's not, then you have to be willing to let go of it. And I think I'd add that the going there, just clear and direct communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, to ask myself, have, you, have, I, have I done that yet? Have I just named this issue clearly and gone there and had a conversation with it? I think um, one of the the issues that, that Sarah and I had early in marriage was things were going great. And I remember this really well. Great, happy, you know, newly married. And then she at one point brought an issue up. And it was a legit issue. I honestly don't even remember what the issue was. So I'm was thinking this about about, brushing your teeth, Mike, every day. Was that, no, it wasn't that one. Was it, it, it may have had something to do with with cleanliness. <laughs> okay. That that wouldn't be shocking to me. A, yep. Yeah, know, coming from the the bachelor realm of things and getting married, so it's probably right. something in that neighborhood. But it wasn't just that. So I'm like, okay, we can work through this. But then it, it led to another thing, to another thing, to another thing, to another thing. All of them were legit. Mm. I remember thinking, yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Yep. But when they they had been built up and accumulated over the course of time, it was really pretty overwhelming Mm. uh, to be able to be like, it's going to be hard to work through all of these right now at this moment. Mm. Um, So in that case, I say clearly, directly to be bringing things up instead of just letting them build. And then eventually down the road, you just blow and, and have to work through all of them. Yes. And I think what we'd want to say, Mike, is yes, there can be unhealthy conflict. Sometimes we can do better to to not have to walk through that conflict. But I think also what we would say is sometimes conflict's necessary. And I think sometimes people have that problem where they're like, I don't even want to go there. You know, I'm afraid of what this might look like. And so this kind of leads me to my next question, Mike, because I got to say for most people that I know, they don't enjoy conflict, you know, if they can avoid it. Yeah, you can add me to that list. Right. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's part yeah. of either, it's part, it's going to be part of your family life. It's going to mm-hmm. come up or it may be part of your work life as well. And so mm-hmm. people are, you know, we're having to engage in conflict if we're going to have healthy relationships. So can I just revisit some practical ways that you talked about, about approaching conflict? So here's the first one. What's my 1%? Can you expand on that? What what are we talking about there? Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to conflict, my my uh, mindset can typically be um, one of us is right and one of us is wrong, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to be the wrong one. I want to be the right one, and so going into it with that mind frame, I think that's a, a dichotomy that needs to be let go of. It's not about one person right, one person wrong, because if that's our mind frame, then the goal is going to be I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. And if I'm if one person wins, then another person is going to lose, and that's not a great resolution to to conflict in general. So, conflict looking at it as a way as an opportunity, really to learn how I can understand, uh, how I how I can serve. Um, if we're open that way, then I think that this "what's my one percent" can be really valuable, and, and is saying I'm just going to assume. That just assume for, for for an example purpose that the other person is ninety nine percent wrong, okay, and that takes away the the barrier of I, I'm right, they're wrong. 
and ask myself, well, what's what's the 1%? Not about winning or losing. What's the 1%? They could be 99% right. What's my 1%? How did I contribute? Because most often um, there's a little bit on both sides mm-hmm. uh, in, in an issue with it that responsibility can be taken. So I think it's just ask myself, what's my role in this? Is there anything that I could do different? Is there anything that I can own? And I find when you do that, when you start looking, instead of looking at their 99% or whatever the percentage is, when I look at my own, uh, even if it's a small amount, I learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can grow a lot. I'm less defensive. Um, and then conflict isn't about winning. It's really about understanding and it becomes more about relationship. Yeah, it's really, really helpful. I think just taking that time to start in that place, which can we're not saying that that's easy because it can be hard, especially if it is a 99% to 1%, but taking that time and seeing that even before we engage in the conversation can be super helpful as well. Because often I think what happens is the other person then feels like they got to point out your percentage mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not prepared to hear that. Whereas maybe if you spend a bit of time reflecting on that and allowing God to speak to you on that, perhaps you're aware of it before you even get into the conversation. Uh, second thing, Mike, you, you mentioned was about focus on the issue, not the person. Yeah, and that's an important distinction. Um, it's paying attention to the the conversation that you have as you you move into conflictual conversations. I think that the closer the relationship is, the more likely it is to get personal um, and to maybe lose focus on the issue and it can get into other things. And then there's not resolution. You can, you can create hurt. So focusing on the issue, how do we stay focused on the issue? So it doesn't turn into a, a, you know, a personal attack. And I think the, the tool that's been really helpful for us is to stay with I statements versus you statements. Cause really, if you start using you statements, you do this, you do that, it gets personal real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, almost inevitably, a use statement is going to be a, some kind of a personal attack. If you can phrase the language in the way that starts with I and, and really how it makes me feel, I you know feel this when you do that, it really changes uh, the posture uh, of the conversation and it doesn't feel like it's um, a, a personal attack. It really feels like we're, we're focusing on the issue and how can we get on the issue um, rather than you're irresponsible. You know, you, you blew our budget, you overspent, you, uh, you're the one who really messed it up to say instead, well, I'm concerned about how that decision is going to affect how, how are we going to pay off the credit card bill mm. this month? Um, take out the personal attack. Yeah. That's super helpful. And last one, Mike, um, on this, you said, consider a graceful approach. Yeah, what are you what are you getting at? Yeah, there? and this one is it's so nice to to say and to hear. It even sounds yeah. nice to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever disagree with, hey, you know, consider a graceful approach. Right? Yes, obvious. Um pretty hard to do that. And I think the reason it's hard to do that is because most conflicts start in a moment of anger. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're fed up with something. We're frustrated with something. So at that moment, my, my tendency, now I'm going to dive into conflict. And if we start with, with that kind of um, emotional state heading into the conflict, you better believe that affects how the, how the conflict plays out. Uh, so thinking about it's hard to turn that ship because 
it, it gets very emotional and it's kind of hard to to let the emotions simmer down. So really, I think in conflict resolution, the most important two minutes of the entire conflictual resolution is the first two minutes. Yeah, that's good. That's How right. am I going to approach this? Am I going to be exploding with an emotional, you know, frustration or have I thought about this? You know, have I thought about a, a graceful way to enter into this conversation? But really put time into the beginning. How how can I start this conversation in a way that's going to be graceful? And, and that may mean, too, giving it a little bit of space so that my emotions can cool down. So I realize this isn't a war. This isn't a fight. This is an issue that I want to work through and resolve together. Yeah, it's really, really good, Mike. Um, and on this subject area, you know, I want to just acknowledge that <clears throat> for some people, uh, although we have varying, de- we have different degrees of conflict in, you know, family life or work life, school, you know, that kind of thing, that actually for some people, they've had really painful experiences of conflict. Uh, I've talked with people over the years where, you know, whether in family or that kind of thing, that maybe they haven't spoken to somebody for years because they've had some sort of conflict and it's been really painful. And how I'm sure you've talked to people like that, Mike, oh, yeah. over the last 25 years you've been here. So how do you go about beginning to counsel somebody in that? What are some healthy steps from that place for people? Yeah, I, I think you, you hit that um, well, Will, that conflict is the source of some of the deepest pain um, that we experience in life because it's relationships and it hurts when a relationship isn't where we want it to be or when somebody that we value has done something that hurts us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, deeply painful. I, I think a starting point uh, is still going to be a place of self-reflection. Mm. Um, our instinct is to put all of the blame on the other person um, and what they've done wrong and how they've wronged me. And it doesn't even have to be a, a public thing, but just a, a place of self-reflection to ask, what's my role in this? Kind of gets back to the, the 1% rule. Even if they're almost all at fault, what's my role in this? How did I contribute? And is there any unfinished business? Is there anything I can do here? Um, is there any responsibility I can take? Is there anything that I need to apologize for? So I start there, and then I think another one would be to ask, have I ever directly dealt with this? I think a lot of um, conflict that's built up over the years has become something that you've never just face-to-face talked about it. Uh, it's just accumulated, mm-hmm. um, and we have conversations in our head but have we had a conversation with that person directly? Because something changes, not always, but sometimes when you're having a face-to-face conversation, it can change things. It humanizes things a little bit. Um, so so if you haven't had that direct conversation, I think I'd pray about it and say, God, is, is this something that you're asking me to do? Mm. Maybe no. I think there are certain situations uh, where that's just going to be, you know, as far as it goes. But to pray, God, is this something that you want me to to enter in into? Because um, if you're just waiting for the other person to wake up and to apologize and to say, I was wrong, that's probably not going to happen. Right. Um, that's yeah. not reality. But I, I guess I'd add this, Will, that if you have done, and there are times when you've still done everything you've can, you can, you've done that, you've self-reflected, you looked, you know, what's my role? You've had direct conversations, and it's just like you're beating head, your head against the wall because it's still nothing is happening. I'd say don't beat yourself up. Right. And, and this is a passage that I think does give us um, 
uh, some peace about that. Paul and Barnabas, right? Th- these are two strong followers of Jesus, and they didn't get this worked out. Mm. Um, and they could look back, and, and I think we look at it and say, not all conflicts are going to be resolved this side of heaven. Um, and, and Paul and Barnabas, in my mind, are, are an example of that. Sometimes in, in the fallen world, it happens, and resolution doesn't always take place. We can still forgive them. You know, is there anything that I need to forgive? And we can still pray for them. Mm. You know, and I'd encourage those two th- things as well. You can still forgive. You can still pray. Yeah. Mike, those are so helpful. A lot of just great practical things there. And uh, again, just one last thing I was just thinking about <clears throat> how the context of conflict resolution is important. I feel like we got a lot of ways to communicate with people in the modern day. You know, DMs on your Instagram, texting people, sending an email. But it may be one of the hardest things, but it's certainly the best in conflict resolution to sit down and be able to talk face-to-face because there's so much that we miss out on in just text. There's no tone. There's no facial expression. And it's important, I think, when we're trying to resolve some of those things or talk about difficult things, being able to sit down in person and apply some of the things that you've just shared in this podcast, those first two minutes, you know, how we're approaching. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I think that's that's really yeah. key because sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. You want to just maybe send a text or an email, but sitting down face to face, it's yeah. yeah, it's easier not to. It is. It's yeah. easier to do it with some kind of media, and we do have you, we do have a lot of options for that. Um, but it dehumanizes it, mm. and I think that the best conflict resolution is very human, and it's one person sitting down with another. And just through your nonverbals and the commitment to be able to be there, something happens um, that doesn't. I don't think you take as big a swings at each other. It, it can happen, right. but it, it's, it, it humanizes the process. And I think, yeah, it tends to be a lot more effective. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Mike, for your time and just sharing your wisdom. Just appreciate you in this space and on Sundays just sharing. And uh, thank you for listening. Just want to give a quick plug of our new podcast channel we launched recently, the Ridge University podcast. We've already seen a really great response to the episodes we've released. So I'd encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, to find it, just search Ridge University podcast in your podcast provider and hit subscribe. So thanks again for being with us. We we'll hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at The Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.